Welcome to the world of color. A podcast about colors and everything it touches. Podcast by Radio Oedipus, Victor Bangolo, and recorded by Scott Dress. Yeah, so let's let's start. So, well, uh, thanks for joining the show. I'm Van der Sloot. I have to tell the name uh, completely. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's very nice how you pronounce it with the French accent. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so world of color uh, with you, and uh, there's a lot to say, I think. But my first uh, question, icebreaker, is: What do you think of the museum card backside design? Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, it's with the dots, right? With yes. All the colors. <laughs> with all the dots. <laughs> I was always wondering what artwork it is. Yeah, uh, good, uh, yeah. But I, I still don't know. Do you know? Or no? no, I don't know. I think that's uh, probably a secret. Uh, yeah. It's like it. you know, it's a bit of this um, uh, when the I don't know the office of stamps or the office of uh, of coins ask uh, for. Uh, a design like you yeah. know, nobody knows about this and then suddenly yeah. oh there is a coin that looks completely different and that's yeah. a bit the case yeah, yeah. so i was curious if you consider this artwork and thought well i could do mine or i could be the museum yeah, i saw it and i kind of like uh, I, I i thought it was pretty nice but um yeah it has really this structure of paint mm -hmm. right so it's like painted dots uh, it's an artwork with painted dots uh, but in my own work it's like super graphical Yeah, but uh, it could be, of course, a, a modern, modern. Yeah, modern. Uh, yeah. Another version. <laughs> Another say. version. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Was like, uh, what kind of artwork it is? I think if anyone listening and knows it, please let me know. Yes, they <laughs> reach, reach out to us. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> well, there they might be, you know, a contest uh, of creating um, or contest like uh, creating artwork for the museum card. And yeah. Nobody knows who decides, who is the jury, yeah. who are Because the Because do, do they do every uh, year a different one? No, it's all the same, right? It seems right? to be the same, yeah. Yeah, you that's know. a pity. I mean, it could be really cool to do a yeah, because changing I was, something there. Because you can do with your pin pass, you can print on it, yeah. right? Yeah, you can customize it. Yeah, and why shouldn't you, you be able to customize your museum yeah. pass? It yeah. feels uh, contradictory in a yeah. way. Because yeah. a pin pass <laughs> is very... It's just, just your money, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like your bank account is just you and there's nothing too personal about it. It's yeah. just you and your money. Yeah. And the museum card is m more about your your taste, maybe, your yeah. what you like in art. So. <laughs> But it's a lot cheaper to just do one print of one thing. Yeah, of course. It reminds me of this, uh, I don't know, it's my friend Dadara as an artist. He always says this quote. I don't know if it's his quote of somebody else. He's like... When bankers come together, they love to talk about art. Mm -hmm. And when artists come together, they love to talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like, I had to think of that, that the, the bankers have like super creative pin passes. Yeah. And the museum card have like <laughs> a really cheap, the cheapest version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that leads me to another point, like the MasterCard logo. You must love yes. that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I made an artwork with it. It's called Pin Only. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, the MasterCard logo in the middle, but also the C Cyrus and Maestro. So mm -hmm. it's like three logos. Mm -hmm. um, and I had this in the, I presented this in an art fair. You could only pay with Pin. So you had, you had <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a, a, a little series um, that came from an exhibition which was called Priceless. Priceless. Yeah. yeah. And what was funny is that mastercard has this uh campaign had this campaign back in the 90s i think mm -hmm. and it was like uh they used this priceless also in the in the ah okay in the, uh, yeah like adverts. they put some really uh, happy family or whatever this is priceless and the rest you can pay with mastercard <laughs> something like that <laughs> yes <you know? laughs> and uh, i was researching i was google i was google things when i name it so i i this came around and i wanted to design a poster for my exhibition which was called Priceless, in which all the artworks didn't not have a price and the, art, the visitors could uh, uh, offer anything in mm -hmm. exchange for the artworks. And I would take any, all the offers. So all the works that were hanging, I could make in addition um, and everyone could offer anything and I would just do like a trade. And when I was designing the poster for that exhibition, 
then I came the I realized the logo of Mastercard was actually <laughs> it's only a visual really art. fitting and I really made an artwork of it itself and I use it in the in the design of the poster also yeah. because I was curious when I uh, looked at <coughs> your work so you're working with those stickers I mean that's not everything you do but that's a big part of your work are the yes. stickers uh, in a way, you could say that pin passes are a bit these kind of stickers, uh, mm. you know, like all these little plastic elements and cards. So it's a, it's a bit of a question. Uh, let's say sh I shoot it at you in yeah. uh, in the in the infinity. But would you work with pin passes one day with cards mm. as elements of creation? Because they all have always yes. have a, a certain color and a certain materiality yeah. to it that we don't make a mistake when we hold a pin pass or yeah. a mastercard or whatever that is you yeah. know yeah it's an interesting question uh, um so yeah i i work with the with this with the sticker dots in, mm -hmm. in my art and um because of the conceptual reference in it that those stickers are used in a, in a gallery when an artwork is sold yeah. you put the sticker under the artwork uh, they are used in stores uh, for sh for clothing yeah. Yeah. to to give a discount. They put the the, st the colorful stickers to say, okay, green is twenty percent discount, <laughs> yeah, red, yeah. Uh, uh, yellow is uh, thirty, etc. Or really big ones in um, in the market. They put the prices there. Mm -hmm. uh, the the big round things with fluor colors. I also work with the price stickers from the supermarket. Yeah. Uh, so in my work, I play a lot with. Uh, this reference to value, uh, and money, economy, yeah. money, uh, how, how that plays a role in our life, how we can uh, create alternatives for different ways of economy uh, in the arts, but uh, also broader than that. So a uh, material like a pin pass would totally fit, I think, in this way of thinking. So it's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> well, then I leave it to you because uh, yeah. uh, it's just uh, when you think about uh, the colors of this object, uh, I realized over the year that my ENG uh, pin pass mm -hmm. got more bright somehow. They, yeah. They've made something with the plastic or the print that feels a bit more chic. I don't know. Yeah. Or a bit more. So I was thinking that probably it's a bit of a sticker uh, mm -hmm. in terms of what it means you know if you see a pin pass on the floor that you directly know what it is you know yeah. it's not uh, your uh, your swimming pool uh, card or your yeah. uh, yoga class card yeah. you know it's uh, so yeah. for your work yeah because of all the thematics you approach with stickers and the values i thought well this plastic piece could be yeah. uh, intriguing uh, no definitely I, I, I didn't think about it yet in as a material itself i mean i did play with the elements that are on, on pin passes mm. uh, but yeah it's a really good one i also have this fascination with the lottery things and the yeah. cross things because it's also really all about this lottery element this value it's also very strange designs um, very funky colors mm -hmm. so uh, yeah nah. i think at some point i will start to also work with more uh, different materials than because stickers, yeah. what's important, I think, for me to um, point out is that working with stickers, you work with a, pr a predefined set of objects with yes. predefined colors, predefined yes. shape, and also predefined mental categories. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's important because you create art, uh, I think, reflecting those uh, notions. But how does that work for you uh, in terms of colors in that sense? Because it's all fluo, it's all yeah. very contrasted colors so yeah. uh, do you how do you consider those colors that f do you consider colors for themselves or do you link colors with what these stickers would mean like a red stickers and orange stickers yes so there are many uh, layers in it mm -hmm. uh, and first i think maybe the first interesting layer is that i have a really set uh, uh, set uh, color palette mm -hmm because those stickers are made in 11 colors, uh, 12, I think. Uh, so th those are kind of the colors I use. Yeah. Um, and um, throughout the years, I started really to develop a certain taste for combinations. Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, that came out out of experimenting. So I made, for example, a series which was about flowers, and I would just because flowers are like a uh, yeah a nice way to experiment with color. So I, I think I created like around twenty of these flower color combinations. And there I was really playing with, oh yeah, w w which colors go together? Uh, what do those colors then tell? What is the feeling of the flower? What kind of flower comes out of just dots and colors, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and they were all so different, like totally different worlds in on their own. Um, and I don't know, I kind of like got some favorites in there. So I play, I have this amazing... Uh, combination which i think is one of my favorites <laughs> <laughs> which is like light blue uh no sorry uh, fluor yellow fluor yeah. red light blue and dark blue so it, this has something in it that kind of like it came from the cmyk kind of mm -hmm. uh, because cmyk has also those colors like uh well kind of those colors um but i didn't like uh black in this combination uh so the dark blue kind of like really uh, melted them all together and then for example i really like black with gray and fluor green yeah yeah this is a and uh, like fluor green dark green gray and black this is a beautiful combination um and yeah and then of course there is more the conceptual layer to uh if if this is more like if i create like uh uh how do you call them um more figur figurative work mm -hmm. and, and more in the conceptual I, re I really have to think about the colors uh, what it means like the red dot it means the artwork has been sold right so yeah, yeah. Um, I create works with the big grids with only the red dots and um, uh, when you buy it one of the dot goes out of the frame for example or uh, I sell empty frames with only my signature and when you buy the frame i put one salt dot in the middle so <laughs> the, the the selling of a, of a frame becomes an artwork by yeah, just yeah, the exec by putting the sticker in the middle um a green sticker for example in an art gallery means that you have an option to buy it so mm. you didn't buy it yet but you want to have an option on it um uh, there's also half stickers that also means uh, uh option uh there are people that started to also play with those stickers in the art fairs you know that suddenly are using different colors or <laughs> i saw this uh, uh gallery who had like all the i had the exhibition with only black and white works mm -hmm. so she started to put the black stickers when it was sold you know so it's fitted to, ah, to okay. the whole concept um so yeah it has this conceptual con connotation then that you have to take in into consideration so if you want to make an artwork about uh, uh, the option to buy for example if you want to play with that then i use the green stickers um yeah i just made some uh, nfts based on that ah so you also made nfts yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so just to yeah to explain nfts uh, are digital uh, artworks yes that exist only digitally I mean, they, they, their existence is a link to a digital uh, in identification uh, yes. system and people can buy it yeah. and exchange and there is basically it lives within the digital age. Yes. And I kind of like uh, wanted to experiment with, with, with this concept, with this mm -hmm. idea. And um, I really thought this new technology gives you the possibilities to play with time mm -hmm. uh, and what is value in time. And uh, how can we do something in the future? Or how can we do something in the past? So the first NFT I made is a, 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 a red dot. It's just a digital red dot. Yeah. Uh, the same size as the stickers you would use physically. Uh, and it's a token. It's called the future is now token. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this token, the, the owner of this token, gets ownership on the only artwork I will make in 30 years from now. Oh, okay. So in 2049, uh, I will make, I promise by creating this token, I, uh, yeah, how do you say, uh, not promise, but I, uh, I don't know yeah, what promise. Right. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I that you will make an artwork. I only will make one artwork that year. So okay. the rest of the year, I will not make any art, just one. And this artwork will only go to the person that owns that token in exchange again. So they kind of like can buy now an artwork that's not doesn't exist yet yeah they that is in the future yeah they buy um uh, yeah they, they they buy a, 
a promise or yeah. uh, hope or even yeah that's so you are creating a with this token uh, basically a contract or sort yes. of a, a form of a contract yeah. yeah and what i like the most is the idea that the price of this uh, token is a decreasing price oh yeah that goes from uh it costs now uh 30 Ethereum. Ethereum is the yeah. cryptocurrency used for the for, to buy it. Now it costs 30 Ethereum and it will go down to zero in the next 30 years. Oh. So uh, on 2048, on 31 of December, mm -hmm. at 12 o'clock in the night, <laughs> so just before New Year's Eve, this token will be uh, zero point, like one cent okay. till it becomes worthless. Um, so because after that it gets delisted and then it's uh, ah. it, it's it's not there anymore. So I'm looking for, um, yeah, what is value? What is uh, something in the f that doesn't exist? Uh, when does do, do those things meet at some point? Also, yeah, also value in time. Also, that's yes. uh, because you 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 set up this thing to decrease. Like mm -hmm. you decided that it will decrease in value, yeah. right? Yeah. So now is it both? Uh, no, it's still for sale. So I, I have no idea. Is 30 Ethereum a lot of money? Yes, it's like 100,000. 100,000, okay. Euros, yeah. And uh, this is really funny because the value of Ethereum also goes up. <laughs> <laughs> so since, since, I, since I created the token, <laughs> it actually went up in, in oh, value, yeah? <laughs> even though it's going down in price. <laughs> oh. This is really funny. But still, on, on 2048, on uh, 31 of December at, at midnight, it still will be for free. Uh, not for free, but like the lowest of it can be 0.0 reward. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm curious uh, of what you would come up with on that on that year because there's only yes. one at work for this year. Yeah. A reflective, uh, maybe a, a reflect reflection on your entire career. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like that, I, like uh, that, that then the color plays a very important role. So this needs to be red, right? So and I created another token which is green. I created mm. another token which is yellow, and they all have their own concepts um, based on what that color means in the art world for it, for the, for the for the token. Yeah. And I was curious because, of course, these stickers as we know now that they really have a specific meanings. All these little stickers. Yeah. But the way you use them on your artworks, you create specific patterns, you create specific yeah. uh, arrangements. So uh, how do you decide this uh, abstract or semi-figurative uh, compositions? Or is this something that is more of a reflective work and more of a uh, you uh, letting your mind flow and sticking on the page? Yeah. How do you... Yeah, it has uh, it has all those elements. It depends on the kind of work I make. So there are certain uh, how do you say directions yeah. in different works I make, uh, different styles of works I make. And for example, I started uh, I think now seven years ago to create work with those stickers. And in the first years, it was really um, intuitive work I was creating. Yeah really based on actually what I like, like uh, grids, patterns. I have a graphic design background. Mm -hmm. um, so I w it was really about creating things that I just liked uh, using those stickers. It was really fascinating for me that you could create these grids. Uh, uh, and I started playing with the uh, distortion in between like really uh, rigid grids and really uh, more free way of working with the stickers. and the um, yeah the contrast in between those two things i was combining in works uh, yeah out of a uh, way of creating chaos in order mm -hmm. or creating order in chaos um and there were really intuitive works that I, I started to make in the first years um then i started to very much add this conceptual layer of what is the materials i'm using and what are they used for so all these elements of how i sell my artwork came mm -hmm. into also, um, more conceptual pieces that were really about decreasing value or uh, selling artwork or um, how, uh, trying to find out how for how much you can sell an artwork before the money corrupts it or like how much can you ask for an artwork or 
many uh, of those questions uh, uh, appeared in, in, in my practice and many uh, works uh, came out of there. And in the last years, I started to go a little bit back maybe to the more intuitive way of mm-hmm. making work, but um, not so much like uh, in, the, in the first years of the practice, I would really come up with an idea, like sketch it on the computer and really know exactly how I want to make it and then work on the light box and really uh, uh, you know, make what, what I co- the idea I had to create it. And in the last years, I'm really more working intuitively uh, creating these works which play in between figurative and abstract. So they are it's images that are based on... Uh, sorry, they are works that are based on images, but they are so... Uh, the, uh, I ab- abstracted them into these grids that you don't really see anymore what it is exactly, but your mind tries to... Yeah, to see, to, to read a, a, an image or something. Yes, yeah. And I think this is super interesting because it's a moment uh, I call those works, for example, subliminal spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I want there is a story behind those works, which I keep secret for myself, uh, as I also l- uh, leave the viewer to come up with their own story, as it's not like super clear what is the image you are seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are two stories that meet kind of in like in this sub- subconscious level of the viewer and the artwork and what I wanted to the story I wanted to tell with it. So you, so you will keep this story very secret? Yes. Okay. They are, they are always that I, n- I don't tell them to anyone. Okay. And everyone sees like a different yeah, images yeah, in I the I work. Understand yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, I, I also enjoyed that aspect of art is to let mm. the viewer an entry point into their own imagination with yeah. the art they are looking at. Because if it's too uh, uh, explanatory or, or you, you sort of see the, the, the script of yeah. the, the artwork, then I think it's, it, it blocks the imagination of everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too, too definitive. Yeah. Because when I was uh, looking at your work, I had this, son- this feeling that it, was, it made me think of mandalas, of yeah. this sound, sound uh, paintings, mm-hmm. would we call that sound paintings, of Buddhist monks. Yeah. Of, you know, uh, slowly and carefully mm-hmm. placing all of this. Yeah. So one of my questions is, all with those stickers, is it therapeutical art that you do? Uh, yeah, in a way. I don't know if I, if I would call it like mm-hmm. that, but definitely uh, has those elements in it. And um, there are, for example, these pieces I called, I call medit- uh, intuitive meditations. Mm-hmm. And those are really artworks that are like exactly about that, about executing, executing this task of putting a sticker exactly in the right place yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then per- try to do that perfectly. You get into, if you do that with, I don't know, they have works which have like 20,000 stickers on them. So you're doing that 20,000 times uh, on the days you're working on it. It has a very therapeutic meditative uh, element to it, which... It's also the most when I'm the most happy when I'm doing that in my studio, you know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I that that make me think of um, <clears throat> in certain uh, f- um, philosophy in Asia that you you need to repeat certain gestures, you mm-hmm. need to repeat certain pro- I would say rituals in a certain way, in a certain order, and then you let your mind uh, disconnect from it. Yeah, like you you enter this phase where your body is doing it, and yeah. your mind is reaching a, a point of uh, being just the mind yeah. and it's disconnect the body keeps on doing it yeah. so i had this feeling when i saw some of your work I was like that reminds me of that yeah, and yeah. Uh, and what i find it intriguing is when you mentioned the notion of time mm-hmm. you know like that value decrease or uh, w- how much time affect values yeah. and with this sound painting drawings which are meant to disappear you know yeah. uh, i saw it was some sort of poetical link, but yeah. maybe it's me over... <laughs> no, 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 I totally, totally understand what you mean. And um, yeah, those are really... Also because I work with the fluor colors, right? Mm-hmm. And these optical illusions in my work a lot that work with the dots. Um, also, your eyes find it difficult sometimes to really 
you know, be reading that all the time. Yeah, to adjust to this. Uh, yeah, and then you get into the state in which you kind of like zoom out. You become your just mind, as you said, and your body keeps doing this repetition because it knows it, and it's uh, it's also then beautiful to see what you have created afterwards. But sometimes it's also a surprise, you know, like this intuitive meditation pieces. Mm -hmm. I have all the colors around and I make uh, uh, intuitive combi combinations with the colors. Um, so I don't know actually what I'm making in general. So you don't have this really, you just see it at the end. Like you zoom out. Yeah, actually, yeah. when I frame it and I make a picture of it, then I actually see the work because also in real, you s your eyes see part, right? And when you photo, or when you look through your phone or you make a picture of it, you suddenly see the whole thing. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that also freezes it a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What you described was this, the, the idea that your eye gets uh, completely lost in this world of uh, colors and yes. dots. Yeah. That made me think of this very interesting uh, video I saw once of this scientist trying to study uh, flies. Uh-huh. Uh, how flies see the world just to understand mm -hmm. the like the concept of vision basically yeah. and you know these flies they have these big eyes okay. with all kind of okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they've made a sort of machine where the fly is stuck onto a thing but thinks it's flying uh -huh. and they've made a mini screens all around the flies <laughs> that re that recreates uh, fields of uh, flowers uh -huh. but it's only color dots because flies sees the world with just color dots apparently wow And wow. they've made a shot from the point of view of the flies, which was so uh, cool. amazing because you, you see basically this uh, fisheye view of the world with only dots of colors that pops and go. And It's the amazing. flies uh, happily continue. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I totally need to see this video. It yeah, amazing. it was some sort of... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like it was really... They were studying vision, like how vision started mm -hmm. even. Like what was the... The, the starting point of this uh, new uh, sense. Yeah. Because some animals have, uh, what we say, a very primitive vision yeah. and others have this super advanced vision. Yeah. And yeah. why should one need this and the other not? You know, it was also a bit of the discussion. But that makes me jump to op art in yeah. your work, like mm -hmm. optical illusion. And because you're working with dots and for me, uh, when I consider uh, now society, we are here now, the... Dots are everywhere because we have screens all around us. We are very much surrounded by digital dots, bits. You know, they are called bits. Yeah. It's basically the little uh, LED in your screen or pixels, I don't remember. But mm -hmm. they shift these colors between red, blue, and green yeah. to create all the colors. So what it takes me to is like when you work with all these bits of colors and your stickers, do you sometimes visualize Uh, it in a digital plane or is it still very uh, abstract in your mind or do you sometimes see sc a screen you know like a pixel mm -hmm. screen or a grid in that yeah. way um, good question uh, I have to think of this project of uh, Jan-Pieter Karper he's a graphic designer mm -hmm. from Utrecht he tried to um, and managed very well <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's also a good guest for you He's uh, yeah yeah he um, he wanted to silkscreen RGB like he yeah. wanted to have exactly what the screen does but uh, with silkscreen print and he managed very nicely. I will uh, sh I will show you his work. I have to think of that. But um, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think I see that in everything dots. Kind mm -hmm. of like you can see. I I, th I actually think in dots. Yeah. So everything is a dot. It just depends on the distance you take from it. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you yeah if you stretch that idea in space, everything is a dot. So yeah. Uh, But also, if you zoom in enough, er everything is an atom. Yeah. yeah. Or something like you that. You always yeah. will have. Everything is gonna be a dot. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter if you zoom in. <laughs> All the way, infinite zooming in yeah. or infinite zooming out. There's everything is dots. So, I, and also in the digital um, because uh, I'm, world, I'm, you you. I'm curious about yeah. that because I discovered recently a thing called the game of life. I don't know if you heard about that. Mm. It's a. I was really blown away by the concept. So, 
It was invented in the 60s or in the 70s. So it's uh, just reading the thing. It's a cellular automaton device by the British mathematician John Horton Conway. Mm -hmm. So basically, the idea is it's like a simple a set of simple rules mm -hmm. in a universe that's a grid where everything is a dot or not. It's either a dot or not a dot. It's yeah. like black or white. Ones or zeros. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all these rules, uh, when they are put together, like you can define uh, maybe three rules, five, six, whatever. But then the, the, the game launch itself. And depending on the rules, like when two dots of black are next to each other, there is a white on yeah. the right. Yeah. But if a w and then another rule would be if a white is alone, then there is a black above it. And basically, this launches a sequence where the machine generates dots that moves mm. because the, uh, the that's why it's called game of life. Yeah. The principle was: can we, with simple rules, generate a, uh, a self-generated uh, thing? Yeah. And they've, uh, with the invention of uh, computer, because before mm. it was in the 60s, they were doing it by hand and calculators, which yeah. wasn't that fast, let's say. But when computers started, they, start, they started to have this incredible results of this could be the principle of life, basically. This could be how life uh, on the most basic level starts. It's just a simple interaction between objects that generates or not sol uh, results. And, and they've invented simple rules and starting points where the machine generates itself forever or generates complete geometric strict patterns or complete chaos, but generated chaos, a chaos that keeps on being chaos. And suddenly, out of nowhere, there is a straight line. And they try to understand how come the, the principles generate all these results. And yeah. I, I thought for your work, because it's all the dots, basically, it's all mm -hmm. bits, and it's really intriguing. Um, uh, it's very mathematic, mathematic, mathematical, but... The results are uh, beautiful in a sense of purely pattern-wise. Yeah. And they've, they've even now come up with machines that generates their own machine. So you have this yeah. dots thing that shoots new dots, which if they connect with another, generates a new dots. <laughs> and, it, and it looks like a bit what you see in, in life with certain fungus or certain, uh, certain maybe animals seems to behave a bit like this so it's 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 when you take it to an even uh, abstract level it's like what are the rules behind everything you know how can things even exist yeah. <laughs> nice super interesting yeah and i i i, I love this kind of like uh mathematical uh approaches you know mm -hmm. like these formulas that then create things but also when that gets out of hand, you know, what happens then, you know, this is super interesting. But that's, the game of life is really this. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, let's say the basic of the game uh, is, is super, um, let's say, simple. You would see the, the piece generate itself, like, infinitely. But as soon as you add a new parameters, then it becomes super complex and then yeah. even more complex. And uh, yeah. uh, very interesting. I will uh, send you the link. Yeah, uh, yeah, most <laughs> definitely. I want to I wanna look into that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was also curious about one other aspect of your work, because, of course, all these uh, bits, you know, what you are uh, using stickers or referring to values and money. Did you ever look into or pay attention, let's say, to how money is encrypted on bills, you know, like the, the, the security patterns and all the, the way the bills is, is uh, what do you call that? that? They say that it's not a counterfeit, you know, it's a real money. Ah, you, you know, know, like... Um, all the security... All the security rules in money. Yeah, like, for example, yeah. you cannot scan euro bills. No, you can also not print it, right? There's yeah, like this rule in the printers that they don't print. They it. recognize, and you know what yeah. it is? No. It's called the... <laughs> it's also with dots, probably. Yeah, it's also with dots, <laughs> that's why. It's called the Orion constellation, EU Orion. So it's, I don't know if it's hard to uh -huh. say, but it's inspired by Orion, the constellation yeah. in space. Yeah. It's basically, it's a set of dots on every bills that look like the Orion constellation. Ah. And it's a security thing pattern that is recognized by, let's say, most of the machine that says it's a real money and then you are not allowed to copy it. And yeah. it's based on this constellation in space. And apparently, 
uh, it wasn't. Uh, there's not really a clear explanation why. Mm -hmm. Why they this, use this one? Why yeah. they use this one? But yeah. it's often consists of s yellow, green, and orange circles. Uh -huh. Intriguing, <laughs> and. Um, It's basically a security code to prevent you from copying. But what I found tr curious is the use of a galaxy, the use of In space, yeah, you know, yeah. the using a constellation as a, let's say, what seems to be the furthest away and the most um, open for traveling and, I don't know, projecting your mind being the thing that stops you. <laughs> This is like your limits. You would never get to that. Uh. So, yeah, all yeah. of these security things on money... Mm -hmm. I thought do uh, probably talk to your work in a sense of money is also protected by bits, stickers, by these yeah. little uh, yeah. patterns, let's say. Yeah. How to use these patterns to as a, as a protection for something. Yeah, yeah but it's like for you, you could for probably find um, uh, how these patterns are made because they are really small, it's hard to yeah. see, but they have a rules, you know, how they yeah. are. So this is one, the Orion constellation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh, nice new information to look into. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, uh, uh, it's really funny how uh, these dots kind of like have this natural also relation to, uh, I don't know, pin pass, uh, mm -hmm. discount, uh, money <laughs> every time i found something new like this i'm like uh, blown away like oh yeah it's you know like it's exactly what i'm doing with my patterns in a way uh so yeah i think it kind of like naturally flows or yeah i also don't know why <laughs> they use the galaxy for example yeah it's uh, yeah. i i tried a bit looking into it it's, it's apparently a, a thing you know it's it's like it's They describe it as the constellation of Orion, but yeah. there's not a clear reason why it's this. Yeah. It could have been, a, I don't know, like a smiley, for example. Yeah. You say, yeah, that's no, <laughs> but no. Maybe it has to do with a certain distance that is exactly, you know. Like, ah, yeah. yeah. In between yeah, the, the, the dots, dots, the yeah. distance combinations, I don't know. Yeah. And that's... Um, So I was curious also of you, um, with all of these reasons uh, we discuss, mm -hmm. uh, you work with specific set of materials, with colors, with color palette, with specific pattern. But do you, for example, would you uh, make your own colors and create your new system? Yes. Or would you want to break only the existing system? This is a great question. Oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah. Because <laughs> this is exactly where I'm now, kind of, in my okay. practice. Because I, I, there is this uh, logical kind of... Well, I don't know if it's logical, but there is a progress in, in, in the work I make mm -hmm. that from one thing goes to the other. Um, and... Uh, I'm now at that point in which I'm really starting to think about. Um, I suddenly, I don't know, I had in, in the COVID lockdown, I had this crazy breakdown. Mm -hmm. And then I reached into something. Uh, this is totally something else than we were talking before, but it's funny <laughs> that it no, also arrived do, there. Yeah. Do, yeah. <laughs> I had this breakdown and I reached back to something that in my youth was like a super big inspiration. Yeah. And those was uh, fantasy. Fantasy. Okay. Yeah, fantasy worlds. So, for example, I, we traveled, uh, I grew up in South America mm -hmm. and we had this one trip uh, from north of Chile to the south of Chile with our family in search for a place where we wanted to, uh, to live. Mm -hmm. And in this trip, it took a couple of months. I read the Lord of the Rings, the mm -hmm. books of Tolkien. Um, and in this trip, you had all these landscapes and kind of, I don't know, there was this super, it's uh, kind of like es es escapism. No, escapism? Esca yeah, 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 to escape, uh, escape. <laughs> reality. Esca or yeah, into this fantasy world. And two years ago when the lockdown happened, then I had this breakdown and I kind of like reached back to that feeling, mm -hmm. to this Uh, magical different worlds and um, this started to get into my work also so 
um, it manifested in this uh, new way of identifying myself as a wizard. Okay. So out of all these fantasy books, I kind of like started to uh, learn all these life lessons. How to how can we how can I live like in on on this world? Mm-hmm. And that really connected to uh, how wizards live. And that kind of like started to get into my work in a way that I wanted to create those worlds. So my latest words are kind of like portals to different to different dimensions. Mm-hmm. And I really st- use still the stickers, uh, also the, the subliminal spells, you know, these messages, kind of like magical spells I put out there. Those are the artworks. Um, and a natural continuation of this is creating everything by myself. So I really started to experiment with a friend of mine, creating colors mm-hmm. uh, with natural, uh, creating natural inks with colors. She works with that. Um, Lucila, she's an Argentinian artist. She's in our sa- same building. Um, and this was a really alke- al- alchemical process, like really alchemy. We're creating new colors out of natural elements and started to silkscreen print with that. And they are like new works coming out of this total research into this mm. magical world wizard wizardry kind of yeah. um, and it's really funny that that suddenly is kind of like totally different direction of my work but I really learned to embrace those things like for example we, st- we, we talk about value time mm-hmm. uh, color those are also s- super important for a wizard like, how do you look at time? How do you look at the yeah, dimension you, we're living? If you are on the grids, we are living, you know? Like, yeah. the whole world is a grid. We, it's, so if you think about it, it's, like, super logical. It's all there, you know? In, in, in the whole conversation we had it, it's all there. And then suddenly it's like, ah, yeah. That's why I'm also, like, I just embrace it. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's very interesting because that was the, what I wanted to evoke. Uh, you yeah. just opened the door, the portal, shall I say, to, to mm. this new world. Um, because... I don't know if you know, but uh, it's very good that you are experimenting with colors as a first uh, act of magic, because yeah. it is magical to yes. manipulate matter and yes. to change matter. Yes, yes, like <laughs> yes. And um, uh, that, that's a bit of the historical point, because I think that m- will interest you, that people uh, who were d- uh, textile dyers, you know, who make dyes for textile mm-hmm. in Europe, I mean, not... Maybe in the world, I don't know, but in Europe, at least in the Middle Age, until maybe somewhere in the 18th century, 18th century, sorry, were considered to be magician in a sort of yes. way because they were capable of transforming or changing matter. You know, mm-hmm. they would receive a, a material and then yeah. turn it into something else. Yeah. So the history of cities with dye, dye industry, dyeing industry, is very rich of. Uh, people uh, being a bit, uh, you know, uh, not worried, but they knew these people were um, cer- like out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. People would be able to color something. Yeah. And I think the yeah. act of creating pigments and color I still has that. Yeah. Because you are basically changing the quality of a material that we assume to be forever the same, yeah. but not at all. Because... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is also like a beautiful element that, uh, for example, um, those natural colors, they also change with time, right? They also react to the environment. Mm-hmm. So I'm making a work now, which is like a silk screen, but uh, I covered parts of it and then I'm putting it in the sun, you know, to uh-huh. let part of it disappear and uh, part be there. But there is this... Verhankelijkheid. What is the... Verhankelijkheid. Uh, yeah. Transformation? Yeah. Transfor- I mean, like everything... Uh, instability? Transform- no, it's like everything transforms. Like everything is a process, right? Okay. So like over time. Yeah, yeah. Like a plant lives and then it dies, but it comes food for the new plant. Yeah. yeah okay. Like a, uh, a circle of life or something of a... Yeah. This thing that nothing is forever, kind of. Yeah. Everything transforms into another thing yeah and for yeah. example i get this question a lot like my stickers are fluor right so yeah. you, if i put it in the sun and two hours later it's different color right yeah 
um, because fluor is like super reactive to, to uh, UV to light. light. Yeah. So I have these art collectors that are really like worried about like, yeah, what, you know, like how should it? So it's work is always framed behind museum glass, you know, for protection. And I always tell them, yeah, but that's, I mean, it's like, why would you want to keep this artwork forever? You know, like, why can it also not decrease or grow with you? Right. So I try to also implement this to, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this in the art world, it's like this conservative or restoration thing is uh, super important. I'm like, yeah, maybe art should be temporarily also as life is. Well, in, in a way, uh, the, the art we are looking at, the ancient art, they say prior uh, electricity were different because yeah. the people were using light either of the day yeah. or candlelight to paint and to make color so everything was seen through a different lens and yeah. a different eye we assume uh, they were painting these colors like we look see them now in a very good light from the museum but it's yeah. not they were no. painting in a complete different setting yeah. they had other notion of colors and in a way yes uh, people were uh, at that time no, they were aware that colors will change. So there were few pigments that were very important to get right because mm -hmm. they would, let's say, the most important part of the painting was this. But the other things were hard to keep. Yeah. And they would sort of, you know, become brownish or something. And it's only recently that we are trying to um, restore to what the original light or colors was. But it's, I think in some, in some instances, in some instance, it's not necessary because yeah. this is just how it is. It happens. Yeah. I, I, there was the same with a temple in, in Tibet where mm -hmm. uh, the paintings were from the 14th century and they were a masterpiece, but they were completely scramblings. Faded. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, it took uh, UNESCO like years and years to convince the people to renovate them yeah. because for them on a religious and... Uh, Spiritual level, it was part of the process, but nobody was around to be able to redo this because mm -hmm. the, the art was lost. The old, yeah. the old temple was crumbling. Yeah. And even the monks were not doing this. But uh, yeah, it took them years to convince them to do, which is, is great, but at the same time... Yeah, it's great because now we can actually still, you know, see, see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm a big fan of this. I also... Uh, um, I mean, I'm a big fan of vergankelijkheid, uh, of that word. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I try not to attach the value to it, but uh, yeah, things things deteriorate anyways with time. So, so I, I, I think we should look at the beauty of that instead of uh, thinking it's a bad thing, right? Yeah, yeah, well. Isn't that the beauty? Yeah. The For me, that is the beauty. Yeah, this. Like, they're renovating like the Nachtwacht right now, and they're scraping off all these layers. Mm. Maybe because it's already that old, isn't it? The beauty that there's layer, there's layer, there's layer, and it becomes something else. And the same, what you said about your fluorescent <laughs> painting, like becoming or, or, or art piece becoming something different because of the sun or the UV light. Yeah, it kind of like gives it life right it's yeah, it's life it <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. and this kind of like need of control of like playing a god that wants to keep it like it always was and restore it and like i understand the needs of it kind of you know mm -hmm. but i would like i would let that go and actually enjoy the because it's yeah it's a beautiful uh, uh, mirror of life yeah. so does that uh, translate this also in your uh, wizard aspect of uh, controlling matter with uh, by letting the matter go in a way or yeah, letting the, the, very, the thing uh, evolve yeah um, yeah this modern wizardry it's really much in, in, in many things like it's in this new way of alchemy of discovering colors of creating colors um, it's also in about uh taking distance we spoke about it you know like this mm. zooming out of uh, or zooming in you know uh, time plays a super important role uh, but yeah no I, I, I really love this new uh, aspect 
of of it, of creating, you know, of really playing with these materials, of being uh, seeing something appear, you know. Mm. Also, there is a lot of elements of surprise, you know, of things you didn't expect that come out of all these experiments that suddenly, uh, yeah, add like a whole new layer to. Because I saw on your work. website you have this fellowship program. Yes. Is this this is linked to the the wizard? Uh, let's say your new chapter in a way. Or you yes. Yeah. The fellowship is is on on Patreon, and uh, this is about creating a, a community around the art practice of people that are interested in the work and also uh, that want to support. Um, yeah, that's another very important element of the the life of the wizard, the way of the wizard. <laughs> it's the the community the is super important. And also like a, uh, yeah, uh, uh, rather a small community around you of people that are really interested than thousands of followers of on whatever social media, right? Uh, there was a switch there also mm -hmm. in uh, human contact with people. Uh, yeah, in, in making that connection. Uh, that's very important for the wizard <laughs> to to have a, a community around. Yeah. And what kind of wizard figures inspires you? Uh, actually, I started to realize that I know a lot of wizards. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are. They maybe don't know it, <clears throat> but it's it's like a metaphor. And suddenly, when I was able to name it. Yeah. I probably I was doing it myself also, but the moment when I was able to name it, I kind of like started to see it in so many things. Like I see it in you guys with Oedipus, right? You are also wizards. <laughs> you creating with color, uh, the guys creating with the brewery, but also you uh, uh, musicians or uh, poets, you know, they're my, my poet friends. They also have this kind of like way of a wizard thinking. Mm -hmm. And then I just had a chat with a student from the HKU. She came to do an interview and she was talking about her work. And I was like, she made an ode to the, to the dot. Okay. Uh, and she uh, made a video about it. And she had a text about that. And she wrote the, the, the text and I was like blown away. I was like, yeah, this is the way of the wizard. You know, and suddenly <laughs> I start to see it everywhere. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Yeah. Um, I don't know, of course, the, uh, uh, if you ask, like, from, uh, how do you call it, uh, which wizard inspire you, like, Gandalf is the number one wizard in my life. <laughs> uh, but that's because I read this book in this really special yeah, that moment. Really stuck to yeah, me. and this is something, like, I don't know, it's also kind of like a father figure. My father uh, passed away when I was very young. It has all these very personal elements. But there are, in, in fantasy, there are many wise old uh, characters that have this uh yeah wisdom kind of in yeah. them but also in the in the the old tibetan monks um artists that play that also work with that you know there are many artists uh, do you know maybe uh, hilma afklimt hilma afklimt yeah no she's uh, a painter that actually started uh, abstract art mm -hmm. but she was never recognized for it because Kandinsky and Mondrian and all they those were guys around, they yeah. were men oh, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and Hilma she was a, a, a woman artist and she never got the recognition but she she does now like back in like a uh, retrospective um, and she has these amazing paintings also full of color uh, you would love it I will, uh, okay I, I have a link for you <laughs> great we share links after. yes um and she was also she she would like paint sh she would paint from different dimensions she was like a channel so uh -huh. uh, um, yeah also a lot of wizardry in there but there are many artists in art if you look in the history art history a lot of artists are were wizards which were using those elements to to create art yeah, yeah you know sometimes when i um try to um let's say, take another perspective on the you know, society, what we do, our jobs, our life, and I try yeah. to, okay, what would happen if everything would shrink down to a village? Mm. Who would be doing what, you yeah. know, in the village <laughs> to survive? And I, 
And I, then I see the artist at this sort of weird <laughs> weirdo, which uh, partly uh, magician, partly yeah. the painter, partly the the guy who tells the story, <laughs> the fire or dance. Yeah. You know, all yeah. of this strange figure combining into one, which I think it's very normal in, a, let's say, a human society uh, organized around uh, a group. There, you need this kind of person to yeah. be able to tell let's say the stories in different way and then i see artists you know like painted with feather and i don't know a necklace and uh it's a mix of uh, of, of medicine of storytelling yeah. of witchcraft uh, yeah you know it's a mix <laughs> of all and i and sometimes you see these people in the streets that you know just you don't know who they are but they have this aura a bit yeah this kind of, or like you know these weird cat ladies who are mm -hmm. walking around with cats and cat foods they are one step away from becoming a witch you know in a mm -hmm. way and they they could be wonderful witches yeah. in another setting yeah. but in the city they are just weird cat ladies that yeah. uh, live around yeah. and uh, I always like this sort of um, I don't know uh, figures that yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you scratch the mask and you see a bit uh, yeah, they are uh, also in the city of Amsterdam. They are amazing of those characters. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Amsterdam also has a rich history of that. You know the Provo movement or no? Provo a bit, but yeah, not. I, I know what few things they've made, but I don't know the full uh, context. Yeah, so they were also really into this ritualistic performance art, mm -hmm. uh, creating rituals on the street, uh, using this kind of like. Uh, yeah, magic, putting magic spells into the world with like really crazy conceptual things uh, on, on how society should work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you still you still see that a lot. Like, I don't know, I know many many of those amazing characters that, yeah, that that suddenly makes me think that maybe your next art piece should be a spell. Mm -hmm. You should cast a spell yeah. to things. You know, like yeah. it's a. It's about uh, this uh, it's a magician, or sorry, a yeah. wizard makes spells or creates spells, and uh, yeah, yeah, there are many of those coming, uh, like uh, also talismans. What, what yeah, is yeah. a talisman? Mm -hmm. Potions, like yeah. uh, I don't know. But yeah, beers are kind of like also <laughs> I have a little bit. They you can, you can put you elixirs. Can put elixirs. Yeah, yeah, that was the word I was looking for. <laughs> You can also put spells into that, into that, right? So. Yeah, they, but they, there is a lot of stories, you know, of uh, these bottles, uh, you know, by like the, the lamp and the genie, you know, it's yeah. something you should not uh, open because the genie comes yeah. out and uh, yeah. it is. So it's, it's around this notion that certain things are sealed and should mm -hmm. not be opened. Talisman is a bit of a protective figurine, but if you look into it, then uh, you, it it's, uh, turns against you or something, you know, all kind of. Yeah. I think this, uh, indeed, everything you are explaining uh, seems to somehow come back or there is a feeling for this sort of uh, precious uh, notions somehow. Like yeah. Maybe the world we are in now is being very uh, informative, very clean, very quick, even though it's an over, uh, we are over, uh, overrun with information. Maybe this, the needs for this secrecy or this mm. back to a bit of... Uh, Mysticism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It seems to be a bit more present, especially also since the COVID and the mm -hmm. lockdowns. People have a need for nature, maybe, or a need yeah. for uh, being close to contact and physicality, but in a different way. Seems it seems around somehow. Yeah. Also, this no, this this feeling of like being part of a tribe is kind of like something which is people are really aware of suddenly, like, uh, yeah, what kind of tribe? What is my tribe, right? Yeah. Or, uh, and 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 exactly the with also in the digitalization we live, this need of going back to the to to, to nature to something. Yeah, that feels so interconnected with us. But there is also in the, in this digital world, there is also new, amazing things to discover. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think unfortunately uh, Facebook slash Meta sort of uh, killed it. But 
yeah. metaverse in general, like the idea of creating an avatar and yeah. becoming someone else is super strong. And it's really, f I mean, depending where you are, like if you go for a metaverse that is completely um, uh, 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 fantasy, that's one thing, but you can yeah. go in a metaverse that supposedly is real life, but you can yeah. be anyone. There's yeah. so much potential. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know, I think there is so much possibilities there. And also, if you, if you speak about the, uh, the wizard, right, for mm -hmm. example, uh, the wizard is aware of the dimensions we can have, or that the, there is an infinite, uh, there's an infinite number of dimensions, we mm -hmm. could, we could actually travel through those. And the in this whole metaverse, not the metaverse being created by the big tech, but on the other side, there's all thousands of new worlds being created in which I think in the future we're just going to be able to travel and the dimension we are in right now is like us as uh, you know the physical world here this is just going to be one of oh, yeah. the, one of the worlds and there are going to be like millions of there you can travel through them you can travel to time it's going to be <laughs> yeah you know what what, what space I space mean? in time is like switch it's it's going to it's going to disappear in I don't know how many years from now, eh? but I, I'm sure it's this probably already exists. But when when all the idea of virtual reality will be super advanced and we could just wear this mask and be in a chair that sort of take care of our body while we're traveling, <laughs> there will be immense things like people will be dolphins. You know, like imagine yeah. you could become a dolphin and spend hours just swimming yeah. in the ocean like dolphins. You know, yeah. for example. That's yeah. uh, but that's yeah. I think it's. Um, Oh, we are really went really far, but it's it's it does. Ex <laughs> we became dolphins. That's yeah, yeah, but it, it does explain a, a we bit. We can be dolphins. <laughs> yeah, the notion of times, you know, like uh, this metaverse are timeless. Also, yeah, I mean, unless I uh, internet crashes, but uh, they yeah. are timeless. Yeah, I think uh, I think why I'm so interested in it is because uh, it's like new and very. Uh, it's in the in the child's shoes, you would say in the Dutch, in, kinders, in the kinderschoen. Yeah. It's really at the beginning, you know. It's a little something, very little growing, and you notice that straight on, actually, all the uh, the all the things that made internet a horrible place it is now, because mm -hmm. <laughs> internet at the beginning also had that, you know. It was this free space, and yeah, it was yeah. a revolutionary, <clears throat> and there were so many nice ideas. And look at where we are now, you know. Like this is this horrible. Uh, apps only apps <laughs> apps and manipulation and 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 um monetization of your uh information privacy is gone uh, you know like it's it went very dark mm -hmm. uh, in the past 20 years and suddenly there's this new opening of the new evolution of internet into web3 and um i think it's in the in the in the moment in in which we can actually participate in the shaping of it. So we can kind of like guide it or uh, yeah, have a say in that. And you see big companies like Facebook and whatever also trying to get, but I think they are already too late. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we, they are, there's already something new created, which I think has a, 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 yeah, a, lot, of, a, a lot of potential in becoming this uh, yeah, new way in which we are all we have we are our own banks we uh, uh own our own privacy we can do you know like imagine the thing where we create a metaverse that's actually the dream of the people using the metaverse of facebook yeah so they are in the facebook <laughs> metaverse they are dreaming but we are the one playing their dream yeah we just connect it imagine the <laughs> that would be super cool, but insane at the same time. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's, you know, with, with technologies, uh, digital age, all the notion of hacking is very, very present. And I'm, I'm waiting for the moment a metaverse gets hacked by another metaverse. Yes. For example, the dolphin metaverse, let's go back to them as an example, would hack the uh, Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah. And then these people who live in the world of, of Tolkien, suddenly there's dolphins everywhere, you know, or like there's <laughs> like a clash of metaverse. That would be extremely fun, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I mean, there it's, and you know what's funny is that uh, technology is like, 
it uh, exponential, right? Mm -hmm. So we are now and like, I don't know, what, what we're going to have in one year from now, we cannot even picture in our mind. Like this goes so fast. Uh, uh, I, I have no idea. Compared to, for example, 10 years ago, you know, like wh where we are now, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I think um, it's it, in 10 years, yeah, we will probably have much more metaverse around us in yeah. a very, but in a very casual way, probably. Yeah. Like there will be metaverse for hardcore things like you really go into and you lose yourself. And other will be very plain, like, uh, oh, it's my metaverse for paying my bills, maybe. Yeah. You know, like your app for paying yeah. your bills will be a meta thing. Yeah. Or like the, maybe the, your Dichide will be a metaverse and you just be going there to do your paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> but then you, you switch on to, oh no, I'm going to the fun one. I'm just yeah. doing this and I'm back into the... Yeah, and I think what's the most important is that we just remember what it, what it makes us humans you know that we that we don't lose that in this digitalization of of our world we can kind of keep keep that and actually use it as pillars in this new uh, digital worlds that are being created yeah. that's uh, i think a good wrap-up to indeed we went traveling very very yeah far. where are we now <laughs> we which went, year is we it went, uh, <laughs> which dimension far, are we in? <laughs> but at the end we uh, we are all humans and uh, everything we ever can dream of come from a human like yes. it's a yeah like the human mind also have it you know what is a dream yeah is the dream as a metaverse we create our own metaverse well yeah we sleep, i think right? uh, for example i think it's a, it's a, i would say you should we should never underestimate the power of the minds yeah. uh, like people tend to say humans are nothing uh, we are a nuisance to the world but we we are probably but our minds has this capacity for infinity and yeah. we should always be aware of it. Yeah, we can escape in different worlds yeah, in our minds. Yeah, we can escape, already. we can yeah. visualize other worlds. Maybe we don't need the metaverse. We can do it just with our <laughs> I will be more in favor of that. But yeah. uh, first, maybe a step for metaverse with computer and then after that, in real. Yeah. Well, Pine, thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank and you for uh, having me. It was great. I'm looking forward for your uh, wizard's spells. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, I hope um, everything goes good in the metaverse for you. <laughs> Thank you. We are exploring. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Experimenting. Yes. And, uh, in, 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 in real world, in the metaverse, in the mind. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Uh, great conversation. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you.